What's going on with your head today? What do you mean? What's going on with my head today? Whoa! I could only camera. see like half of it. It's like it's like you know when your uh, your mum and dad Skype you. Do I look okay? <laughs> I get half a nostril. Dude, you got a remote control for your camera? I've got a remote control. This is a proper television camera. Honestly. For a fucking podcast that you can't see me on. <laughs> you still look fucking ugly. <laughs> I know. Hey, can't putting lipstick in a pig. Right. Here's another brand new, not another whiskey podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, the only podcast that brings you diamond banter, banging tunes, cracking jokes, and lifetime-changing prizes is not this one, but thanks for tuning in. This is another episode of Not Another Whiskey Podcast with myself, Nicholas Polacki, and the wonder of nature that is the friend that no one asks for, Mr. Mitch Bouchard, chatting about all things whiskey, what's been happening in our world, and of course, bringing you up to speed with the news of the whiskey world in which we all live. Mitch, how the hell are you? Good, man. Nice intro. I think your uh, you, your, your name, Kai, a little bit when you said your name there. So for everyone listening, it it's, it's Nicholas Polacki. Oh. No, because you've, you've done it five times already, mate. So it's you're obviously oh, struggling. I keep forgetting my name. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm good, man. It's been a while since we recorded one of these together. Right? It seems like we've just had sort of guests on the whole time, and we haven't done one with with just the two of us. Oh, no! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Cue that Stevie Wonder song. You're gonna mm, sing it? It's not Stevie Wonder. Is it not? <laughs> no, I think it's a uh, Bill Withers. Just the two of us. Is that Bill Withers? Try. Yeah, it is. there you go. There you go. How do you no turn doubt. a duck into a 1960s soul singer? Put it in the oven till it's Bill Withers. <laughs> 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 Fucking terrible joke. I apologize. <laughs> what was Stevie Wonder's first hit? Don't know. A lamppost. Oh, I think we'll be editing that right now. <laughs> anyway, we digress. We digress here, man. Um, yeah, so it seems like we haven't done... It seems like we've just had guests on. We haven't had uh, just some banter for a long time ago. I think the last time we recorded... One with just the two of us was about a month ago. So what we thought we'd do for this one is just have some chat. There's a lot of whiskey news to catch up on, so we're gonna we're gonna be getting on with that first off. But dude, what have you been up to in the last month? What's what's been happening? I have been traveling around, so I've kind of been all over the United States. I'm actually heading out tomorrow to to go to Las Vegas to go and drink some whiskey in Las Vegas with the, the wonderful team down there selling some shibui and talking about some fun stuff, which is pretty cool because we just got a shout out in Las Vegas magazine for an amazing cocktail at Nobu Las Vegas, where they use shibui pure malt for an old fashioned and they, they sell more of it there than they sell of the margarita. So, so to outsell a margarita in Las Vegas takes some doing, but the nice. wonderful guys at Nobu absolutely kill it. So yeah, excited to go and see them. It seems like you're what always going you? to Vegas, mate. Is that just your only market that you visit? <laughs> yeah, we our brand is in 32 markets and I only visit Vegas. <laughs> Can we go Whoops. when the Formula One's on in November? Can I come over I'm and you, we so. do like a little visit then? Fingers crossed. Yeah, we're looking forward to being a sponsor. <laughs> Probably not. Not not this year. Maybe next. What about yourself, man? What's going on? 
Oh, mate, it's been crazy. I mean, um, I've hosted two massive groups from America. Uh, one of them was like 20 odd guys. Um, so shout out to the guys from Williams and Graham's over in Denver. Uh, I had all those guys over. Sean Kenyon and all his group. That was a lot of fun. Just we ran about Sky, uh, Fort William, Speyside, Edinburgh, Glasgow. It was nuts, man. Just uh, really good guys, really good time. And then uh, I had some guys over from uh, California and Arizona as well. So that was a lot of fun. And then after that, I literally just went, right, I need to go away. So just back from holiday, mate, Tenerife for a week, which I was think I was sending you some pictures of and you were telling me to fuck off. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was kind of fun, just literally lying by the pool, scratching myself. And that was it, getting sunburnt. As we yeah. say in Scotland, turning ourselves from blue to white, you know, you know how it is when you live <laughs> over here. Right, let's get everyone updated with with some news because I think there's been a load in the last sort of month or so that we haven't chatted about. Um, but first thing, I think I think we need to pour ourselves a dram, mate. So um, Absolutely. I, my good friends at the Port of Leith Distillery sent me their new whiskey, which is uh, Perpetuity, which I think we talked about in the last time that, that we chatted here. So I've actually got a little miniature bottle of this, and this is their blended whiskey that's just come out. Uh, really cool wine bottle it comes in. You know, this is like a sort of prelude, I suppose, to them opening their distillery. Uh, but so clean, man. It's so fresh on the nose, 45.7% ABV. You've got a mixture of grain and single malts in there. Uh, but very, very easy drinking. I highly recommend this. I cannot remember the price point of it. I want to say it's about £60, uh, but don't quote me on that. But yeah, perpetuity, man, with the uh, Port Leith Distillery. So excited to see them. Uh, opening up soon as well. It's going to be uh, going to be really good with Mister Ian Sterling. So yeah, that's what I'm drinking, mate. What what did you uh, what did you? I saw you pour a sneaky little bottle there of something. I did. I pulled an old bottle off the shelf today, so I have a 25 year old Highland Park, but it's one of the old old bottles, uh, probably going back to like I want to say like maybe into the 1990s. It's the black label with the sunset of the distillery, like in the image of the bottle. Bottled at 50.7 ABV. So it was a higher strength 25-year-old and it's just a killer dram. One of my it's one of my all-time favorites. And the reason I poured it is because when we get into the news later, we will be talking about some of the older Highland Parks. In fact, the oldest Highland Park. But before we get there, Mitch, I kind of have a, a bone to pick with someone. And oh, yeah. I'd love to do it. Yeah. So and and it's a warning to us both where we get these, you know, occasionally people will reach out to us on social media and try and engage with us and looking for a shout out or just chatting away. And, you know, the good nature that we are, Mitch, you know, we want to always kind of call out these people and celebrate the champions of, of, of uh, our industry, whether they're in the bottling lines, whether they're in the, the distillation side of stuff or the whiskey making side of stuff, or right through to the packaging side of stuff. And this, my friend, is where no good deed goes unpunished. So I'm going to call him out again, the wonderful Mr. Lauren Smith, uh, who'd reached out to me. And I kind of gave him a shout out, but because of my chicken scratch handwriting, I misread my own notes of the company he works with, um, which is uh, Elanders. But I said Flanders instead of Elanders because of my crappy handwriting. And because I called it Flanders, all the guys at the factory have been teasing poor Lawrence and calling him Homer Simpson moving forward. So... Like, that's it. So it's now a new segment of our show, which is going to be 
What is Lauren Smith's new nickname going to be? So I thought that'd be a fun game for everybody out there to send us a note on Instagram, send us a note on LinkedIn. <laughs> Poor guy, man. I, I don't understand why he's not getting called Ned, though. Surely it'd be Ned Flanders instead I of I know, well, you'd think, but no, I think, I think they were just going for something to relate to The Simpsons. And speaking of Simpsons... But yeah, you. no, this is kind of cool news, especially for me living in, um, in Speyside. The fact that we have a new maltings from Simpsons maltings. So a nice little transfer there. So yeah, I mean, this Maltings is gonna gonna be opening up in Speyside, which which kind of makes sense, right? I mean, yep. so they're talking about a state of the art Maltings and barley storage facility, and it's gonna be in Forest. Um, so this is this is basically sorry, it's gonna be in Rothus, not Forest. This is be this is pending approval from Murray Council right now, but you know, talking about Simpsons Malt, they have their headquarter all the way down in Berwick upon Tweed, and I see their lorries flying about Speyside all the time. So for them to have one of their operations up here, this will be their their fourth maltings, I think it is. Uh, wow. They're going to produce eighty five thousand tons up here, and predominantly from barley from the Speyside region. So kind of makes wonderful. sense considering this is our most prevalent whiskey making region why not have a maltings up here yeah so. that's exciting news actually and, and good to see that coming back onto play and the investment into i mean that tells you everything you need to know right we know nothing happens quickly in the scotch whiskey world but yeah. putting a maltings right into the heart of Speyside shows the investment level that, that we're looking at for growth in the category which is really great news so, well as i said before highland park is the dram I'm drinking, and I'm only drinking the 25-year-old. But they have just released the news that they are releasing a 54-year-old Highland Park. It is the oldest Highland Park uh, that they've ever released in 225 years of their history, which is pretty cool stuff. Uh, Gordon Motion, who's the head whiskey maker right across all of Edrington Group, has got his, uh, his fingerprints all over this one. It's 10 refill casks that were laid down 40 years ago, uh, all the way back in 1968. Uh, beautifully light in color originally, and then he tipped those casks into first fill sherry casks um, in order to produce just, you know, this wonderful character and flavor. Only 225 bottles have been released. And are you ready for this, Mitch? Do you want to guess at what the price point will be? No, because I know. Oh, fuck. All right. £39,000. <laughs> so it's a 700ml bottle, 46.9% ABV, and £39,000. So about $47,000 US for our US it's, listeners who are now tuning in. The packaging is beautiful, though. If you guys haven't seen the packaging yet, Google this. I mean, that wooden box that it comes in, and then the... Um, I don't. Is there any information about the packaging, Nicholas? It's incredible. It's an absolute piece of art. Um yeah, I'm sure there is, but I've just not read it. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure someone, for... like, honestly, even in their own website, it doesn't actually say an awful lot about the, the pack around it. Uh, but the, the, the packaging is stunning. It looks like, you know, it's almost like that kind of live edge wood uh, yeah. that they used to create this. It's absolutely, it's a piece of art. It really is. And as you would expect for £40,000. So Beautiful. Well, Highland Park, we look forward to our little sample of that. <laughs> Yeah, so one of the one of the things that caught my bloodshot, hungover whiskey eyes was the three million pound renovation that's been done at the Scotch Whiskey Experience. 
Uh, now, Nicholas, I don't know if you did you ever do that when you were in Edinburgh at all? It's like right at the top of the, the Royal Mile. They used to have this kind of really funky barrel ride. It was kind of like I a did, little yeah. Disney like. And there's a ghost. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there <laughs> <laughs> was a ghost. So anyway, ghost. that's good. Good and bad news because I thought it was quite quirky, but that's all been scrapped, and they're uh, literally. It's the workers are in right now. They're renovating it all. I think it's going to be ready for by by the summer. So I actually popped in there and met up with their marketing director, uh, Julie Trevis Ann Hunter, who told me about the plans for this iconic place in the centre of Edinburgh that's been there for around about thirty years now. So this is what Julie said about what's going on there. So we're sitting here in the Scotch Whiskey Experience. Julie, thank you very much for your time and coming on the show to chat to us a little bit about what you guys are doing here. Absolutely delighted. Yeah, it's an exciting time. I feel like every time I speak to somebody, I say it's an exciting time because there's always something happening, but this is particularly big just now for us this year. Brilliant. So tell us a little bit what you can about the plans for uh, this place moving into the, the summer of 2023. Yeah, I know. How did that happen? Right, yeah. um, so it's been a funny old few years for anyone that works, uh, well, for everybody, obviously, but particularly for the folk that work in, uh, in the tourism industry here in Scotland. So um, we had been planning um, pre-COVID a replacement of our beloved old barrel ride, um, which had uh, done its service and a little bit more and was mechanically very much at the end of its life. So we coaxed it. Um, did, did you not say you were pushing it around at one well, point? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wee bit of an exaggeration. But no, our technical team were really, really coaxing the, the last couple of years of life out of it over the last couple of years that we've, we've had it going. Yeah. So... Um, Having a barrel ride of some description has been something that we've had uh, since the day that we opened in, um, in May 1988. So originally up on the first floor of the building where it told the history of Scotch whisky and then more recently over the last sort of um, almost 15 years down on, um, on the ground floor where we used it to take people through the production. Of, uh, of single malt Scotch whisky is that critical first step in the in the story of Scotch whisky. So um, so we're replacing that. So we've taken out our barrel ride. Um, we're carrying on with all of the rest of our tour, doing a few extra drams with people and telling them about whis how whisky is made um, in a slightly different way at the moment. But in June, um, we are going to be launching um, something entirely new in terms of uh, a new part of the tour experience, which will still focus on that on production single malt Scotch whisky production. Um, the origins of whisky, the landscape, um, where the ingredients come from, what makes it utterly unique to Scotland, and then that lovely journey through how the grain turns into, into the spirit. So we've got a completely new way of doing it. It's not another barrel car ride. It Aww. will not be that, <laughs> which I've, I've heard lots of sadness about. So... To be honest, that barrel ride was absolutely loved by um, by our visitor market. And here, yeah. you know, our job is to tell the story of Scotch whisky to holidaymakers to Edinburgh. And in the main, that's that's often international holidaymakers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a great market from, from England, but, you know, a huge market from Europe, from um, North America and, you know, pre-COVID from, from Asia as well, and particularly China and you know having that really different way of telling the story of Scotch when they were here in the capital and um, mm -hmm. really resonated with them so we're sticking with having something very different and um, I'm obviously not going to reveal all the details behind it but it will be um, it'll be really experiential um, it'll have lots of you know wonderful media associated to it and it will hopefully be able to 
tell the story of how whiskey is made in quite a different way. So what mm. we always say is we're not a distillery, so you're not going to kind of walk in and, and feel the heat of the pot stills and get the smells from the washbacks and, and get all of that. We're, that's not what we are. Um, so we're not going to try and emulate that. But what we are going to say is, if well, if we're not doing that, how can we kind of delve into actually what's happening inside and really help people understand what can sometimes be seen as quite a scientific process and if you don't have a particularly scientific mind or or that depth of fascination about the nuts and bolts of exactly how it's made how can we really bring that to life and make that process seem really simple and, and really clear to people in terms of how how single malt is made in a way that's quite magical and makes you leave that part wanting to find out about the next and ultimately makes you walk out of our doors here on Castle Hill on the Royal Mile desperate to then travel further afield in Scotland and discover more of the distilleries. That's fantastic. I mean, I've always loved the fact that you guys are so central in Edinburgh as well. Over the years, how have you seen the the sort of customer that, that comes in here change? Has there been, I mean, I'm assuming there's a, a much younger customer coming in that's, that you're seeing with, with regards to whiskey sort of interest? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, our demographic, when you kind of look through our, our visitor survey and we ask people, you know, where are you from? Who are you here with? What age are you? What language do you speak? It's so mixed. It's so incredibly mixed. And I think people might um, guess that here in the UK, particularly, if you said to people, who would go into a whiskey attraction? You'd be like, oh, well, probably folk that have made that journey in their life of finally deciding that they enjoy Scotch whiskey. Not at all. You know, the vast majority of our visitors, in fact, our biggest audience group are people kind of from mid-20s to mid-30s um, and um, interested in approaching Scotch whiskey in all different ways. Mostly because people are coming um, internationally, mm-hmm. they are they'll see how whiskey is consumed at home, which might be quite different. It might be quite modern. It might be cocktails. But often when they come here, they're like, "We want the really traditional way of doing it." So there's that lovely balance of whiskey being displayed and consumed in every possible way, and, and we're always really up for saying to people, "There's no." There's no rule about how you drink whiskey. You yeah. know, it's your palate. What could be more personal than that? You know, you drink it the way you love it. Um, but you know, but often people say, you know, we see this whiskey at home. What what can we see here that we won't see at home? Or how can we try it in a way? Or like, how do people in Scotland really, really drink it? How were they drinking it hundreds of years ago? Um, and there, my favourite thing is to tell them about whiskey liqueurs, which is probably one of the first ways that people were drinking whiskey, you know, when the spirit itself was a little bit rough many centuries ago. So that whole kind of mixing things up and making whiskey a little bit sweeter and more accessible to many people's palates is not a new thing at mm. all, you mm-hmm. know? So um, so if, you, if you're not sure that a, a straight whiskey is the right thing for you, it's not something new to try it mixed with lots of different things, either as a, as a cocktail or as a liqueur. In fact, that's probably one of the, the most original ways of doing it. And the cool thing is you guys have got the bars and the, the restaurant here as well to, to do all that. Yeah. Um, we were just in that amazing collection that you guys have. Can you tell everyone a, a little bit about that? Yeah, so we, we love our collection, except when we have to dust it. <laughs> <laughs> no, even then, even then, that's an utter privilege because you're carefully with your white gloves yeah. taking those bottles off the shelves and getting to know each and every one of them. And they're, they're utterly fascinating. Um, 
there are 3,384 um, different individual and unique bottles of Scotch whisky that were purchased over about 35 years by Brazilian whisky collector Clive Vidas, who uh, got this passion for Scotch whisky following the visit of a Scottish business associate who came to visit him, knew his absolute love for Scotch whisky. But you know, back in the 1960s and 70s in Brazil, there was a handful of blends available and that was it. And he came over and said, right, you have this reputation for, you know, everybody has to bring the bottle from the duty free for you, but I've brought you something special. Here are six single malts. And Clive literally, although he was a huge whisky fan, said to him, I have no idea what you're talking about. What are single malts? <laughs> and that was, you, so you see how, you know, your question before about how quickly things have changed. Mm -hmm. You know, to have gone in like 30 or 40 years for somebody that was a huge whisky fan not knowing what a single malt was um, to where people are now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, he decided because these whiskies just seemed too special and looked too beautiful and the little part of Scotland that came from each of them because he you know his friend had brought these whiskies from all different parts of Scotland um, and he couldn't bring himself to open them and those six bottles were the thing that started his passion for then collecting Scotch whisky and, and putting that collection together. No, it's amazing to see it um, yeah, I mean, it's. I think for anyone listening that hasn't been to Edinburgh, this is definitely a must stop. And the shop's stunning as well. I spent a lot of time just kind of browsing your shop down there. You've got some fantastic single malts. So, can you just tell our listeners where they can find out about? you know, social media, website, all that kind of good stuff, how, yeah. they, how they book to, to come here? Absolutely. So well, one thing to mention is that um, people can obviously come and book on any of our tour experiences, um, but we also have our um, fabulous Amber Restaurant and Whiskey Bar, which has been open for 21 years now. And I almost paused before I said that because I thought that can't be right. But it is. It's last year we had our 21st um, birthday, which is uh, which is a long time for a restaurant in Edinburgh. Um, and people can come down and they can just book the restaurant for lunch, for dinner, come to our tasting bar and, you know, have a, a whiskey flight or um, just try a few drams. And, and that's a lovely thing for people to do if they're already know about whiskey, already into whiskey and, you know, they've done a lot of things. So um, Amber has its own channels on um, on social media. So we have um, across the company, obviously, a presence on Facebook, um, on Instagram, a little bit on Twitter and LinkedIn, which is huge for us as well okay. um, in the in the kind of in the business world. Um, and then, of course, our core website that is the avenue for people to be able to book everything. So all of our experiences and Amber Restaurant and everything is all fully bookable online. So the whole allocation of everything is available. So it's the best sort of point of contact to be able to see exactly, you know, when we're open seasonally because we open longer hours and high season than, than quiet days. Um, the only day we're closed is Christmas Day, so we all have that. Let's take Christmas off. off. Come we, on. What? We, all, we, we all have one day off. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Well, Jilly, thanks so much for, for all the information. Thank you for being on the show. And I look forward to coming back in the summer and seeing the, the new experience yeah, here. Can't wait to host you. Mitch, that was really cool to hear about the plans for the Scotch whiskey experience. So in other news, uh, Jack Daniels has found itself in a row over the fungus that grows around the, the, the stilly. So a couple of residents who have taken umbrage at the fact that their houses, their children's toys are starting to grow the fungus from the, the spores on the air uh, that are left around distilleries. Now, th for those of you who have ever been to distillery anywhere in the world, you will know that the trees and the things that surround the distillery often have a kind of black tinge to them. And that is this, you know, fairly uh, harmless, uh, by all accounts, uh, fungus that grows uh, by eating on the spores of the angel shear. 
And Jack Daniels have had to scrap an entire multi-million dollar expansion plan based on this, which is really interesting because for me, it's not just about Jack Daniels, but what are the ramifications for that right across the whiskey world? Now, to be fair, the United States is fairly litigious at the best of times. Uh, they'll find any reason to take you to court or find a way to complain about something. Um, and I just think it's really interesting that this has happened now because it's not new and it's certainly not something that, uh, that, that you know, people who've lived around distillies haven't become mm. familiar with. But really interesting to see that actually it had such a, an effect that it, it created uh, the moment where Brown Foreman had to just pull the plug on it all and just, you know, cancel the, the expansion. I, th I, I remember there was an issue with Diageo, I think it was, in the sort of central belt with people complaining about this. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens there for sure. So on to other news. Our good friends at Loch Lomond Group have launched a new blended whiskey called Noble Rebel. I really like the look of this. And what they say about this is... It's an innovation and bold new blended malt scotch whiskey brand that create, creatively pushes boundaries in the pursuit of flavor creation, combining the nobility of single malt whiskey with the rigor of craftsman, craftsmanship. Um, Easy now, for you to say. I know, right? I've <laughs> fucked that right up. It teaches me to uh, read out a quote. Spoke quote you to England. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Loch Lomond. Uh, I'll apologize in advance for that. But, um, you know, Michael, Michael Henry is their, um, their master blender. He's had over 30 years experience. So he's produced three different expressions. And um, I haven't tried this yet, but really interesting to see that it's going to retail. All three of these are going to retail for £40. So the first one is going to be Smoke Symphony. 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 <laughs> so thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The second one is going to be Orchard Outburst. And the third one is going to be Hazelnut Harmony. Kind of, they just roll off the tongue, don't they? <laughs> how, how are you going to say all this like when you're in a bar? I, I can't even say it after not drinking, you know what I mean? But I like this. I, I don't know if you've seen the packaging and everything, but it's really fresh. Uh, yep. It reminds me, it, there's a little bit of Hendrix in there. There's a little bit yep. of Glenn Morangie with regards to the marketing. And then you've got that touch of the the kind of playfulness, I suppose, when you, you talk about a blended malt. We've got Monkey Shoulder that really pushed the boundaries out in, in the early sort of 2000s. So it's cool to see. I like that we've still got whiskeys out there that are pushing the boundaries, making people think about drinking whiskey in another way. Uh, good for you, Loch Lomond. Doing some great stuff right now. So Nick Bradley, I know you listen, who is the... Um, the brand manager for Glen Scotia, send me some of this new shit, Nick. I'll be, uh, you know, you've, got my, you've got my number, you've got my address. <laughs> Let's get this going. Get it over to the US to, to Nicholas as well. Other news, Edrington Group are at it again with an investment into a sherry maker called Grupo Estevez based in Jerez. Uh, so in order for them to really lock down the provenance of their sherry casks, they've just bought a sherry company which is very, very clever because I know that they're really heavily invested with Tavasa, the cooperage mm. out in Jerez. I don't know if it will uh, change anything there, but this allows them to control the wine that's been used to season their sherry barrels, which is a really interesting and exciting way to look at, like I said, the provenance of how you've made your whiskey. When you can trace back the wines that were used to season the barrels 
and the the you know the direct uh, link for where the wood's coming from. I think that's a really interesting and exciting uh, thing to see. And um, yeah, so I, I, when I was reading through this, I was like, wow, they've taken fifty percent of of Estevez. And that also includes Emilio Estevez, so royalties on all of his movies for the next uh, twenty five years, which is interesting. But across the board, Scott Scott McCroskey, the CEO of Edmonton, saying that the SFS family are a perfect partner for McAllen Hreth, owning some of the finest sherries and vermouths in the world and custodians of such historic vineyards and bodegas. So really exciting to see. And yeah, I wonder if more distilleries shall follow suit. Well, I think it's interesting because we always have this conversation, right, that, that Scotch whiskey is really propping up the sherry industry. And apologies to anyone who's listening that's a big sherry fan. Um, but it's, you know, it, it, you've been over to Hareth before. You see all these casks marked up to go to Scotch whiskey brands. You ask them what they are doing with their sherries. Predominantly, it's either being, you know, chucked down the drain, turned into sherry vinegar. Um, if you go back to the, the Charlie episode that we did just before Christmas, we talk about that a lot with sherry in there. And I think this is a classic example. You know, McAllen buying 50% of this group, that, that's huge just to yep. ensure that I, they can get their casks. It's it's absolutely crazy. So this is a bit of news that's a little bit old now. This this broke the end of February, but like we said, we haven't done an episode like this for a while, but we always like to talk about new distilleries in Scotland opening up. And I remember going up to Inverness last summer and seeing this new distillery uh, being built literally on the banks of the River Ness. And I'm going to completely botch up how you pronounce this one. I think... It's Ula Beast, uh, which is Gaelic for monster. And this is literally right in the heart of the city of Inverness. It's a really cool distillery as well. Uh, glass front windows with the, the stills looking onto the river. It's the, the, They said the cost for this is $7.5 million, And it's the first distillery to open its doors in Inverness since 1892, which is cool to see. And again, another one of these small craft distilleries opening up in scotland so guys congratulations um i look forward to visiting next time i'm in inverness and really cool see so the last piece of news that we have for you is quite political but basically chancellor jeremy hunt has defended plans that the increase on duty on scotch whiskey by 10.1 percent despite the industry concerns this is huge and it's huge in a time where the entire beverage industry is reeling from the effects of COVID-19 right across the world. This will have massive implications uh, for small distilleries, large distilleries, and anybody else looking to sell a bottle of whiskey, which means that for 15.42 pounds, the average price of a bottle of whiskey in Scotland, uh, £11.40 of a £15.42 bottle would go directly to the Treasury in taxation through duty and VAT. That is bonkers. So, as they say, um, you know, <laughs> Jeremy Hunt, unfortunately, your name is going to take a pound in here, quite literally. Uh, if you're an empire, you have an emperor. If you're a kingdom, you have a king. So it's no, no mistake that because we're a country, we've got Jeremy Hunt. Nice, nice little uh, subtle way of putting that there. <laughs> but I think that. this is this is annoying because the UK government made a comment back in 2019, um, and they said they were going to ensure the tax system is supporting Scotch whiskey. This doesn't support Scotch whiskies, and right, rightly so. All the distilleries have been up in arms about this, and it's it's just 
you know, again, something else. We talked about how Scotch whiskey is so big around the world now, and it's easily the biggest export in Scotland. And something like this happens. It's it's just it's just yeah. very very frustrating. And we're going to get serious in one of the episodes very shortly. We are right now kind of looking into this, um, and we're doing a lot of research on it. We've got this whole uh, DRS scheme, which is a bottle return scheme that's happening in Scotland, and that's getting pushed through in August. As we re record this, we're in March right now, so we don't know how that's going to play out. And um, you know, I was I was over in Sky recently, and I, I met um, a brewer over there, uh, the Cullen Brewery, a great guy called Stuart, and he was talking about this DRS scheme could basically put him out of business. That's how bad it is for small producers in Scotland. And also not yeah. just that, it could also really stop a lot of producers selling in Scotland full stop. But this is a whole sort of rabbit hole that we're going to get down into one of the, the episodes. And we're going to combine this with the other rabbit hole. That's the whole marketing restrictions that are want to, that, that are planning to get put onto to, to alcohol here in Scotland, which again is yeah. something else that could really be detrimental for the for the industry as a whole. We uh we're working out we just we need some people to jump on as well and and put their kind of two bits worth in. I've been texting a few people. Everyone's been pretty quiet on whether they want to to jump in on this. So if you're listening right now and maybe you're someone who produces a small amount of whiskey or beer and you want to jump in with either the DRS aspect of it or or these alcohol marketing plans that are being put in place we'd love to have you on the show give us a shout on instagram or pop us an email you've got all our details on our website or or whenever you listen to the show you'll find it here speaking about small distillers i just cracked my second dram nicholas yep what are you drinking second dram of the show so again our friends over the glasgow distillery sent me a wee dram of their uh, latest release which is a red wine and ruby port finish now, this gets pretty complicated because, you, I mean, Glasgow Distillery do a lot of different new make spirit. Um, they do unpeated, they do peated, they do double distilled and triple distilled. So this one has been triple distilled and is peated. And it's really interesting. I mean, uh, the color on it is just, I don't know if you can see that right now, yeah, but really, really dark. You're getting that, obviously, from the ruby port casks. Uh, you're getting that that peat coming through, definitely, but it's, it's not overwhelming. It's just yeah. a nice... So bonfire, citrusy, 57.5. I need to spend a little bit more time with this. I think it needs a little bit of water, but it's still, I mean, yeah. very drinkable meat, which is a bit dangerous. Nice. So guys at the Glasgow Distillery, thank you very much for, for that. I do have a little cask with them as well, which I need to uh, I need to check out and see how that's that's going on. Wonderful. Lucky you. I can't wait for my uh, 50% uh, sharing when you crack those bottles, right? That's the right. deal. <laughs> that's an you know what i love that idea of the triple distillation as well you're gonna have a nice light floral citrusy style spirit but with the hints of smoke in the back end that'll be nice that is so smooth that is incredibly smooth so i think yeah. i need to even at that abv yeah at, at 57 um like i say this has wow. literally just come out um so guys thank you very much for sending that beautiful dram as always i they they, they always do a good job the, the Glasgow yeah, still really do. I, I, I still Wonderful. haven't had a bad dram from them. And I think they're in the US now, Nicholas. They are indeed. In fact, our partner in Asia is also their importer for all of Asia. They're doing some really great stuff. Their whiskeys mm. are wonderful. They're very thoughtful about what they're putting out into the market. They're not just flooding the zone, which is really great. And yeah, their whiskeys are in the US as well. Really nice. Yeah. 
Big I think up. we're gonna get we're gonna get Liam Liam on the show shortly. Actually, he's a bit of a, bit of a crazy boy, so that'll be good. Well, Mitch, that was an absolute brilliant top to top. It was great one to share a dram with you. Catch up on your vacation. Yet another vacation. You lazy, lazy. <laughs> You're beautiful. Hey, wait till you get tanned. the slideshow. I'll say this. What a color you've got on you. Honestly, those teeth, have you had them whitened or are they just popping because of the color of your tan? It's the, it's the color, mate. Like I said, I've, I've actually turned from uh, from blue to semi-brown now, you know? There you it's go. Like, nice. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so, <laughs> you're no longer haunting space aids. <laughs> no, it was good, mate. That's good. No, it was good to it was good to catch up as well. And interesting news. It's it, yeah, I think what we've been doing recently, we've just been going really hard with guests and getting these out and making sure that we're producing an episode every week. But it's it, it's good to sit down and just have these kind of chats and do these ones where it's just you and I shooting the shit, yeah. talking about but what's going on. On the last thing that you talked about with the political aspect of what's going on in our industry, this is a true story and you know this. We reached out to Nicola Sturgeon and asked us to come on the show, spoke directly to, to people in the top of our food chain. And two days later, she resigned. So what does that tell you about the power that we wield here and not another whiskey <laughs> podcast? The, the sheer thought of being questioned by Mitch Bouchard and Nicholas Polacki made the first minister go, fuck it. I don't want to she, take this one in the chin. <laughs> she, she crumbled, mate. She crumbled. Well, anyway, crumbled. on that bombshell, um, guys, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Uh, tune in for the next episode where we're going to have Tommy from Flat Iron Room and uh, fine and rare talking about his new whiskey coffee on on the uh, on the podcast so that's that's an interesting yeah. one cool cheers much cheers guys take it easy bye